When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. It's the greatest league in the world, uh, you know, the NHL. And, and uh, you know, to have a Game 7, you hear so many, so many players and you know, people in general in sports talk about, you know, playing playing and game sevens and the excitement of it. And when you're a kid playing road hockey or, you know, shooting on the net, uh, you know, in your backyard or in front of your garage. I mean, you're you're always talking about game seven, game winner and what have you. So, I mean, it's just we're all kids, right? I mean, we're all kids playing a game. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show, Zolgad and Declan Goff, and there is no better words in sports than true. Game 7, and really we've true. got a Game 7 tonight. The first one the Wild will play since the 2014 Game 7 first-round series against the Avalanche when Nino Niederreiter, as the hockey whisperer had told mm-hmm. us, I believe that morning, scored the um, game-winning overtime goal uh, tonight. The Wild trying to come back from a 3-1 deficit, which they, of course, uh, were very familiar with back in 2003 during their playoff run when they did it against the Avalanche and the Canucks. And Declan Goff, let's start off here. What is your feeling as we record this um, podcast right now? 9.17 a.m. Central uh, Daylight Time. What is your feeling about tonight's game with the Wild being one win away from facing the Avalanche again? I feel really good about it, Judd. Um I feel really, really good. I, I think the pressure is completely on Vegas, even though the Wild are the road team. And keep in mind, the Wild, yes, they've won all Game 7s. All of them have been on the road. Um, I think this team is ready, and they're built to handle some adversity. They dealt with some bleep, obviously, earlier in the series, where they were outmatched and outplayed. But in general, um, the Game 6 was a perfect example of kind of a, the entire eclipse of what the Wild have been able to do the Knights all season. They just frustrate them. They're a thorn in their side, and, and they can get them off their game. Um, I think if, if obviously if things go like they did in Game Six, they're going to win this game. The the I think the problem is, and also the Knights are dealing with a COVID issue. By the way, they have three players on the COVID protocol list right now, um, so that might factor into Knights' roster decisions. But uh, if if Patch Ready does end up going, I know he's been a game time decision all series long. If if they get their horses rolling and they want to play in a track meet, that's where the Wild are going to be in some trouble. I, I you know. I think the you know the, the game against Colorado in Game Seven in 2014 that game was a track meet. It was back and forth. It was I believe a, a four three final, and and Colorado similar to Vegas had plenty of speed and plenty of depth up the middle, and the Wild were able to go out go to toe to toe with them, and they won that game. But I think this year's Wild team is a lot different from that that style, and 
you can't get into a track meet with Vegas, but I do think he can frustrate them. And with the way Talbot's playing, um, I'd be shocked if he had another off if he had an off night because he hasn't had one once this series. I feel really good about going into Game Seven. Yeah, so back when they played the Abs in Game Seven, which was on April the thirtieth of two thousand fourteen, it was a five four OT win. So yes, that was a high scoring game, relative probably to what the Wild would like to see tonight. Um, to your point about the COVID. Uh, issues with the Golden Knights, which really crept up here. Uh, Braden McNabb, who is a physical defenseman, he did not play in game six. And I'm guessing because he's in the protocol, he won't play tonight. Uh, And then Ryan Reeves, their fourth line winger, who ultimately, when it comes to obviously points, doesn't make a big difference. I think he was put in the, he missed the game on uh, Thursday night and then, or on Wednesday night, and he was put in the COVID protocols, um, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday. So he's not going to play tonight. The difference with those two not playing is it does help the wild out in this sense the wild clearly wants to and needs to play what is as close to a heavy game as possible for them to as you said not get into a skating game with the golden knights and if reeves and McNabb aren't out it gives the wild the ability to do so with a lot less threat of a big guy coming on the ice to try and stop that so you all of a sudden now can, as Felino did in game six, Declan, knock a guy like Zach Whitecloud through the boards or through the glass, and no one's really going to confront you, or they might try. You can uh, level a clean open ice hit against a guy like Alex Tuck, and the guy that comes after you is Alec Martinez, which doesn't scare you nearly as much as Reeves does. Right. So, yeah, if, if the COVID, I'm guessing that at least two of those players won't play tonight. And if they don't, it's going to make a difference. It's going to help the Wild. What I'm most curious to see in this game, too, is playing in Vegas, uh, and this is going to largely depend as well on the officiating, what is allowed and what is not allowed. Because if they try and crack down on interference and penalties like that, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for the Wild to play the game, or a lot more difficult, maybe, that they did in game six. If they allow that stuff, which they very well might because it's a game seven and they're not going to want to decide the game decks, you've got the opportunity then to clog up the neutral zone. Uh, you, As we saw, the difference between games five and six were enormous because if the Wild stands up at their blue line, Vegas is a little bit more lost. If they don't and they retreat, it's exactly what the Golden Knights want and it plays into their hands. So... I think the first period of this game is going to be interesting in the sense of seeing what the Wild can do, what they're allowed to do by the officials, and that could very well set the tone. But I'm with you. The key here, absolutely, Cam Talbot, because Cam Talbot has been outstanding, and we are going to be watching the uh, the seventh game, which is fantastic because of how, how Cam Talbot played in Game 5. I mean, that's why. So, yeah, this is going to be a ton of fun to watch. And, um, man, it's been a long it's been a long time since I've actually looked forward to wild playoff games. It felt like the last few playoff appearances, it was sort of a sense of dread of sure. how it was going to go. This time around, I'm with you. I think they are going to win. I really do. Yeah. Cam Talbot's an awesome, and look, he already has two shutouts this postseason. That's as many as Devin Dubnik had in about almost 30 starts, I believe, with the Wild in the postseason. And I tweeted it out yesterday, that I and we talked about it also on Ventline after Game 6. I 
it's been six games. It's a small sample size, but I have already I already feel ten times more comfortable with Cam Talbot net in the postseason than I do with Devin Dubnik. And I think there is a large portion of this fan base who recognizes what Dubnik did, and he has earned those accolades. He came in in 2015 and and saved you. He literally he saved you. He had to start 39 consecutive games, but he saved your season. And he has um, he's right up there with most goalie records. That's fine. Let let let's ha- let him have those accolades. But at the same time, this team is a better team and is going to go somewhere because their goaltending is significantly improved and it's comfortable. Like there, there's I think the thing you can't quantify in the difference between at least in a box score number between Cam Talbot and Devin Dubnik is it's comfortable. You don't have a fear, and you could probably compare the two statistical numbers. They're probably damn near the same. They probably are very similar goaltenders. If you look at it from a statistical career value, they've been in the league for about the same amount of time. But I feel I don't, and I don't know what it is, Judd. I, I, I is is it just me, goalies are mental creatures, and, and you know it, it, things get weird in the postseason. But Cam Talbot has been the godsend of this playoffs, and and it's been fun watching a goalie not just you know dominate a, a, a good Golden Knights team, but just make the saves he's supposed to bleeping make. It's a, it's a mm, crazy concept. Way. I agree completely. Yeah, no, he, Dubnik didn't start this way because when he got traded um, here from the Coyotes, he was obviously absolutely outstanding. And he deserves credit going back to that year for taking a team that was almost certain to miss the playoffs and making the playoffs. That being said, as time progressed, yeah, the goofy, uh, crazy goal drove you nuts. And in the playoffs, that's a killer. I mean, think about game five, Declan. Yeah. In game five, you know what? If you give up second period, you're out shot 22 to one. If you give up a couple more goals, you're dead. It's done. Um, I also, the, th- the reason why I was so disappointed in this team when they came back here and lost games three and four and we're down three to one going into game five in Vegas was because I also expected more. I thought this team was different. And it's proven these last two games now that they are. My disappointment was by the time the Wild got um, ousted, I think it was in five games by the Jets in Fletcher's last year, you knew it was happening. Like, you just knew it. And, And it wasn't a surprise. And when they went back to Winnipeg for, I think it was that fifth game, and got absolutely waxed. I mean, they got embarrassed. I think Dubnik got lifted for Stalock. It was yeah, a, it was a joke. One. It wasn't surprising. Like, it was, yeah, you know what? This is this team. And all throughout watching this season with this wild team, I felt it was different. And so down 3-1, I th- are you really going to go out like that? Like, is this really going to be mm-hmm. the, the same? And and I get that the season was a success. It was a surprise. They went from being a team that a lot of us thought might be battling for a playoff spot to being very very secure in the third spot in the West. So there were a lot of good things. And this is a building team. But nonetheless, like just from a mentality standpoint, I thought, really? You're just going to go out in five games? That's it? Um, And that's why they've sort of bounced back these past two games. Talbot's helped a ton. Game six, I thought the game plan, I, I thought uh, uh, Dean's game plan was fantastic. Yes. But they bounced back these last two games and given you at least what you expected. And now if they do lose tonight, unless they get absolutely um, shredded, which I don't think they will, 
I don't think there's disappointment then because I do think you say, okay, I can see, I can see this now 1000% trending in the right direction, right? Like things are going and, and from the goal on out, you feel, I think you feel good about the direction of this franchise and this team. And it does feel different. It does feel like they are building on something. This doesn't feel like a fluke playoff appearance. Um, And I just, I just love the fact though, that that game five, as sideways as it went in the second period, didn't repeat the crap that we saw against the Jets. Because by that point, if you're a Wild fan, it was disheartening. Yeah. Like, there there was no there there. Yeah. Like, it, it hadn't worked. That team was basically done. Um, And so that's where I feel that this is a very different environment situation. And that there remains a lot to like about this current team, but also probably more importantly, Dex, the direction. Not to go off on a current tangent, but um, that week in Minnesota sports is very interesting. So I don't know if you remember, but the, but the one game the Wild won, which was Game Three back at home against the Jets, so they 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 made the two zero deficit two to one. I believe yep. the same night, and if not the same night, the day before, the Wolves got their first playoff win with Jimmy Butler and Towns um, against the Rockets. Those were back-to-back okay. games. And I remember yep. both of them in both similar situations. Down 2-0, first home game, they get a win. And there's a little bit of a belief, right? There's a little bit of belief of, oh, wait a minute. This could be something fun. This could be something special, especially for the Wolves, too. Like, you know, the, the Wolves hadn't won a playoff, been in the playoffs in 17 years. You can, make a, you can make a case that win was probably the biggest win the Timberwolves have had in the last 15 years. You really could. Um and there was that small little belief like, oh, wait a minute, our pesky little wolves and our pesky wild team, they got, they can, you know, and by the way, those that Jets team was damn good. That Jets team was, I believe, first or second in the West, and that Rockets team was first in the West. So it was like, oh, wait a minute, we got a series here. We're Minnesota sports, and then what happened? The rug gets pulled under Nelf. You, oh, you both lost in five. You both you lost in five. You should have asked me. Oh, this wasn't one, me. One win. I, one, oh, I thought this was no, you. No, no. I was going to say one win does not, because – that win by the wolves i was there yeah. was outstanding yeah. but yeah that was no not going to this work. was not me i i recognized okay. right away with that hot, with that current wild team i was like man if we can make it in five or six i'll take that yeah. as a win and they're not going to beat the jets and it's kind of the same thing with the wolves like well they're banged up they're playing the number one seed they're not going to go anywhere either but um i remembered that belief of wait a minute we got this and it was like no no we don't and now <laughs> the wild here they are now completely transformed right um i saw you tweet out the number Someone tweeted you the Grandland statistics since he has left Minnesota and how his play. I mean, he's still a, he's still a good player, but he's not as productive yeah. as he was in Minnesota. And how Kevin Fiala finally gets rewarded in Game Six with with a goal and the emotion he shows. And I mean, you could make a case he's been the most noticeable forward for the Wild. Maybe not named Joel Erickson Eck um, in this playoff series. And for okay. him to get that big goal and the way the team has just been transformed, Judd. I mean, the, the old guard's gone. This is a completely new 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 team and. You know, I went on a Luke Cunning soapbox in Game 5. That I was like, I don't know. But at the same time, someone like Ian Cole and Nick Benino coming in here, helping set that culture. Michael Russo did a great piece on Benino a few days ago and just how he's, 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 not, he's not satisfied that he's won two cups. He's 32, what, 33 years old. He's won two cups before, and he's not satisfied. And like, I was like, I want another cup. I, 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 you know, I'm cool. I got two, but I, this is, that doesn't mean bleep. I want another one. Just their whole mindset, like you said, I, I think this is a different group, and that's why I feel much more optimistic going into Game 7. And Benino and Cole, 
are an interesting talking point going into this game because they can they've got the ability to provide the roadmap for their teammates to tonight, uh, which I think is extremely important. Um, they've been there before. They can have a calming influence. They can they've got the knowledge of what it takes to win a series like this, and that's where guys like that to me are invaluable. Because if you were to throw the youngsters for this team together, I still think that they might be good. And there certainly, you know, would be Kaprizov's talent and, as you said, Fiala's talent. But the ability to have a couple of guys in that room who know what this takes and can calm things down. And the other thing I think, goaltending-wise, that's going to make a difference tonight that's a big seismic shift uh, from Dubnik to Talbot is this, too. I think Talbot's ability to not allow the fluky goal, the goal that just breaks your back, like you've worked your ass off and all of a sudden the puck bounces, you know, from or a shot from the goal line and hits your skate and goes in. I think that also starts off the ice with personality as well, Dex. And, you know, Talbot seems like a pretty flat line guy. Like he doesn't, there's not a lot of ups and downs and highs and, and lows. And the one telltale sign about Devin, and Devin was, a, I thought, a good guy. But the, if you recall, in the locker room after games, like yeah. he would go through, he was he had trouble accepting, and this is a common thing for goalies and like kickers in football. He had a problem like falling on the sword and saying that was a terrible goal. It would always be like, yeah, it was a weird bounce or something happened, right? Or the yeah. official missed a call before <laughs> that. Um, and that was just sort of him. But, I mean, he would sit there and talk about what had gone wrong for somebody, you know, he, he had the – he had the, um, not to draw a comparison between these two athletes, because you certainly can't, but he had the Farvinian thing of being like, yeah, if, uh, if the defenseman just hadn't gotten in my way, I make that save. <laughs> and it was all of this elaborate sort of, dude, you let it in the goal. Just say you let in the goal and tell us why, and that's cool. With 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 Cam, I don't feel like you get that. Um, now, it's the Zoom age, so we don't certainly go down to the locker room and talk to Cam Talbot. But, you know, on the Zooms, he's pretty matter-of-fact about things. He seems really flatline, which I think in goaltending, life is very important. And that's a really nice place to start in a pressure game like this as well, as opposed to sort of the high-anxiety dude who's, like, waiting for something to go wrong. That's why I like off the ice the personality of this team because I think a guy like Talbot and Benino and Ian Cole, I think all of these guys are pretty flatline, matter-of-fact hockey players, and I think that helps. But yet, to what you said about Russo's story, they also bring a passion, and they bring a, a desire to win more, and and that's where the chemistry thing to me becomes so important here, because tonight's game is also about that. It's not just about, can you get, get on the ice and can you uh, derail and slow the Golden Knights? That's all very important. But it's also the chemistry, and it's also the belief. And if you go back to 2014, that team at that point in time had some young components that yeah. did believe back then. Like, totally, they did totally, believe. Totally. They did believe, and they had some veteran guys who certainly helped. The 2003 team had veteran guys who just sort of knew what they were doing and the landscape. But I think understanding the landscape of a game seven is imperative because if you just go out there, you're like, yeah, it's just another game to Dean's point. We're just kids playing a game. That's a great thing to say. That sounds really, really cool. And I think it's BS 
I think the pressure tonight has to be understood before you hit the ice to diffuse the pressure. Right. Yeah, it, this is uh it's almost it feels like it's the it's the pinnacle of of this new guard, new guard, right? The new culture. And you know, a, a win solidifies that for sure. You know, you move on to the second round, you get a a, a big date with Colorado. That's going to be an uphill climb. Obviously, we don't want to count our chickens before they hatch there. They still got to win game 7. Um but I feel like if they win this game, it it proves to a lot of people that this this culture that Phil Guerin ha- and Dean Evison um, have have helped shape is working, and it was worth parting with those other forwards and Ninos and Coils and Grandlins and Zuckers. But they were such nice guys. I don't give a bleep. I don't give a bleep that Zach Parise scores a power play goal. Good for Zach. Happy he gets it. I bet it felt good for him. But at the same time, I'm, I I care about. What the new guard has done with Nick Benino and Ian Cole, I care about Kevin Fiala uh, getting rewarded with a big time goal. I love Kirill Kaprizov, who's been mostly shut down this postseason, but is your most talented superstar this franchise has ever seen. Obviously, Cam Talbot. We just we've been singing his praises all the podcast. It it's the pinnacle of the new guard's success. And and I know if they if they lose this game, you know, yeah, it'll suck. It, it's a it's a disappointment for sure. But at the same time, yeah, there's there's, there's brighter days ahead. But I, I think a series win like this can do wonders for this group, absolute wonders. And oh, it's great. And it and yeah. they need it. And they and they need they need the guys like Benino and Cole there. So players like Fiala and and Eck and Greenway and Kaprizov don't fall into a trap, right? Like that. That's what happened with the young guard. They fell into a trap, and then they they watched other veterans too kind of coast by. And Benino and Ian Cole, even Cam Talbot to a degree, they don't. They don't do that. They don't. They don't look at things like that. And look, Miko was on there for Game Six, the introductory video, and oh, it was so fun to see Miko and whatever. I'm sure he was glad to do it. But let's turn the page. The pa- the chapter is now turned, and we're on the last. We're on the last chapter of this book. Let's start a new book. Let's start a new era of wild hockey. And I I truly think it starts tonight in Game Seven. I feel like the fans are too. Don't you? I feel yes, like I there is. They're, they're, they're turning. There's the a page. turning of the page here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. To your point about tonight's game, which is going to be a great thing, and then if you get to the second round, which will be extremely tough, and I don't give you a chance to win, but still, uh, those are all potentially for guys like Kaprizov and Fiala, and just go down that list. Great reference points, like great re- that that experience. Like it would be, it's it's not that if they win tonight, you're going to say, "Man, I think they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals." What you will say, though, is every game in the playoffs that you get, heck, down three to one, game five, right? It's a reference point. Like, it's something that can be referred to by a lot of guys who have not been there. So there is no downside there. And if this was, so if this was a pop-up, like, if this was just fun and you're like, this isn't really sustainable, but I mean, Cam Talbot's playing great, but you know, he's going to come back down to earth and this team is not that good. It would be fun. But the whole reference point conversation would would possibly be null and void. But because this team seems to be growing and trending in the right direction, what happens tonight and then if they win, what happens in the second round will all be incredibly valuable because they will come back in 21-22 with expectations, and they should. And those expectations won't be, I hope they make the playoffs, and if they do, it's going to be fun. At some point in time, the next step has to be, how do you get to a conference? final how do you get to a stanley cup right yeah so there is like tonight's game to me is incredibly 
valuable um, just as an experience, just as the whole thing before you go on the ice. Everything, because it's going to give guys the ability to see something that a lot of people don't see, you know? That's the experience of of the most pressurized and, as a fan, most fun game. So, yeah, I uh, but I, I have a feeling, and we talked about this after they won, I think it was in game five, and we both said this, and I agree completely with you. I, had a fe- I have a feeling that if they got past game six, which they did, which I didn't think that they would personally, that they will win tonight. Uh, the, the pressure's on. I love the fact that the Wild morphed their style of play a, a bit. And by the way, too, here's here's one thing not to dismiss about tonight's game. If the Wild can still play, if they're allowed to play the same style that they did in game six, Dex, as much as we talk about them and say they're slow, which they can be, you know, it benefits Rask and Parisi a lot because if you are allowed to slow the entire tone of the game down or the entire tempo, I should say, those guys are at least a little bit more valuable potentially. Um, you know, if you get in a skating match, those guys can't skate with with the Golden Knights. They just can't. But if you think about it, in game six, Parisi did a little bit more because it all slowed down. And it, if it slows down for the entire uh, for both teams, it helps Rask and Parisi especially. So I think the difference in Parisi being a factor in this series is based on the style of play that you're allowed. Because in game six, to me, I noticed them a lot more because the entire game and the tempo of the game was not moving anything like it was early in the series when he was not playing. Exactly. Yeah, this um, this is a, a big test for the Wild. I'm looking forward to it. It's game seven. Again, it's the greatest word in sports. Um, we thought that you thought it would be in six. I thought it would be, you thought it'd be in six for the Knights. I thought it'd be in six for the Wild. At the same time, I love me a game seven. So I'm, I'm juice for tonight. I really am. Final, final score and who gets the game winning goal tonight? I your would say the Wild win this game five to two with an empty net. Oh, five, two. Five, two with an empty net. So the GWG, as our friend of the show, Anthony Panta, likes to say, uh, that would be the third goal. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with Jordan Greenway. I'm okay. going to go with Jordan Greenway. That line's, like been, that line's been fire. Uh, it's been the best line all season. And Eck is fine. He's yep. going to play after what looked like yeah. to be a oh, horrific God. collision with the pole. I, I, I thought he so, was done. I thought he was done. And, and if they lost like him, yeah, I thought, it, I thought he was absolutely uh, done-so. But no, I th- I'm going to go with Jordan Greenway, GWG, 5-2 final with an empty net. I'm going to go Fiala, and I'm going to go 4-3. to three. I'm going to go 4-3. to three. I think it's going to be incredibly close. I think it's going to be tight. Fiala, I, I love the fact that he took the step uh, from having what I consider to be a good series in game uh, six to asserting himself completely. And he got, you know, he he, he scored finally. So, yeah, four to three, Fiala. No matter what happens, Declan, tell the people where yes. we'll be right after the game. We will be on Ventline right after the game. Judd will be from home. It's a Friday night, so I think Judd actually might actually crack open a Summit or, or, or an adult beverage or two. So um, we will be live for Ventline. We've had a great cast of crew, uh, great guests that have come on uh, throughout the course of the series. If you want to get in on the show, shoot me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com. We'll be ready to rock the moment the game ends. Um, we would love to hear from you guys. So if you want to get in on the show, thank you to everyone who has contributed and has been subscribing to Score North. By the way, this has been a, a banner week in, in Judd's Hockey Show's short three-year career. So we really appreciate yes, everyone that has been supporting us. 
Uh, but yes, we will have vent line again, win or lose after game seven. Vikings vent line at gmail.com if you want to get in on the show. And Declan? Pass shoot score.